right. Welcome, everybody. We are on episode 64 of Hot Take from the Kitchen. And tonight's guests are Shelly Woolman Cornish and John Kaplis. They are both teachers. I hope I got your last name right. Uh, most students know me as Capeless. No Cape. Capeless. Yeah. All right. Yeah. It's good to know. All right. So, John Capeless, they're both teachers at Alpena High School. Yes, that's correct. All right. And they have a project they're working on getting their students to do podcasts. And so we had a meeting with them last week. And so we invited them to come on this week to see how everything works and help them along. So welcome. We're Thank really you. excited. Yeah, yeah. We're really excited to be here. This so, is where the magic happens, right yes. here in the kitchen. We're excited to have you here. So it'll be fine. All right. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram. Just search hot take from the kitchen. And our email address is hottakefromthekitchen at gmail.com. It is H-O-T-T-A-K-E-F-R-O-M-T-H-E-T-I-T-C-H-E-N at gmail.com. And we have no new emails this week. We had two last week. We did. So that made up for it. One long one last week. Yes. So, yeah. I guess Karen's typing fingers were wore out. So, all right. We will move on to the CVB Sanctuary of the Great Lakes trivia question. And last week's trivia question was, what was originally located where the State Theater is now? Got to guess again. Well, did you guys listen to last week's episode? I did, but I don't remember. I guess Horse Stable. Because the New Alpino is a logging town. So my logic was it's close to the river. It's kind of it'd be a big flat area, so I was thinking of. I thought it was a library. Yes. No. Yeah, and then Brad's like, "No, not even close." So then I was like, "Oh, okay." So was um, it an opera house? Yes, it was. Ah, the opera house. She's a history teacher, by the way. <laughs> I like it. It was the Maltz Opera House, which was considered one of the finest in the state. It opened in 1879 and could seat 700 people. The stage was 25 feet deep by 60 feet wide. The building was remodeled as a movie theater in 1919, at which time it was extended to the first floor. And the building burned in 1925 and was replaced by the current state theater. And I remember the state theater when it was the balcony and all one Mm -hmm. big theater. It was beautiful. Yeah. It's sad to think, to know how things can be restored and how beautiful they can be. And for those that can remember that, like you and me in this case, I don't know if you guys are those. I remember it was just the two theaters at one point, or the upstairs and then the downstairs. It was a lot nicer. Unbelievable. One thing I remember more than anything else was the clocks in the corner of the, Mm -hmm. up in the upper, each side of the screen. And they just glowed in dark blue. So I don't know why, but just those are the, I mean, I I was, we we're relatively young, mm-hmm. so um, that's probably why you remember things like that. <clears throat> no, it's one of my hot takes. Theater two was the state theater. We can get there. <clears throat> so we'll come yeah. back to it. And this week's question is: Alpena County is sixty-six percent water and has over how many miles of shoreline? Ooh. Ooh. How do we want to guess that? Because that's like Long Lake, Thunder Bay River. I mean, that is an astronomical number. 
So it's funny, I mentioned in class mm -hmm. today, what is the state with the most coastline? Mm -hmm. It's Alaska, and number two is Michigan. And it makes sense when you yeah. think about how much coastline we have. But I, I mean, in terms of the number of miles of coastline in Alpena County, I wouldn't know where to start. Yeah, thousands, I guess. You're talking all lakes, right? Was no, so that a thumbs up or is that being like, no, that's thumbs up. Good job. <laughs> yes, really close. <laughs> no, spot on. All right. There we go. <laughs> Way to go. I mean, I was so far off last week that, you know, even a blind scroll. You're off and on once. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> all right. I guess we'll move on to the hot takes. And hot take number one is... There are Canadian parents, or parents in Canada, that are suing the Fortnite creators because they think that Fortnite has addictive properties that are like cocaine. So they're filing a class action suit against the makers of Fortnite. What's the harm that's been done? What are they? What are they alleging? That what, what are they seeking damages for? You stole hours of my life? Let's do Facebook and Twitter, too, while we're at it. The kids don't want to do anything else except play Fortnite. And okay. So they think that the kids are addicted to Fortnite like somebody would be addicted to cocaine. I'm going to buy those folks a hammer and say, this is your settlement right here. Just take this hammer and do what you need to do with it, and you'll be all set. That's my hot take. You're the parent. You know? Take them away from the game. People are stupid. That is just ridiculous to me, but I guess, I mean, whatever. I mean, it's Canada, so. South Park's going to come up here, too. Yeah, that's great. Yes. If you want to take Fortnite and make it a little more cerebral, John Green, the guy who wrote The Fault in Our Stars, does a great YouTube channel where he plays Fortnite as a pacifist. His rule is he can't kill anyone unless they attack him. Mm -hmm. So in self-defense, he will shoot them. And he hired two neighborhood kids to help him navigate the world. And my kids have watched these YouTube videos and they laugh. It is pretty funny. So John Green plays Fortnite as a pacifist. I've played Fortnite, which is very interesting. I don't know. Have you played Fortnite? No, I, I have. Watched my I never have. Okay. So my kids came over and they set everything up and we played in the living room one evening. And um, it's crazy, right? I mean, just to see... A whole bunch of different things, but yeah, the whole experience was, I don't know, it was a good time. I mean, it, they laughed because the first time I played it, I died instantly because I didn't know you couldn't jump from a roof. <laughs> I just jumped off a roof. So and I was like, well, I just literally, real just, life. Well, I was like, well, I literally just jumped out of a plane and I landed on this roof and I'm okay, but <laughs> I jump off this roof and I die. So I'm you know, sorry. And they're like, well, duh. And I was like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> I'm the one that's at fault here. Two. So then the only thing I understood, I watched my son play the game for a little bit. And then I understood how the grid got smaller and mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. And I was like, so then I played it again and I hid the whole time. Yeah. That's the, I forget what it, but you hide in a bush. Yeah. Yeah. I essentially hid the whole time. And as the grid would get smaller and smaller, I would just change my hiding location. And finally, and my kids obviously didn't like the way I was playing this. They were like, no, you, you're, you're supposed to go around and kill people. I'm like, no. You told me the goal of this game is to be the last man standing. Right, yeah. I only have to kill one person. And the person <laughs> I have to kill is when it's down to just me and someone else. That's right. I got all the way down to five people mm -hmm. the first time, I, or the second time I played it. And my boys were just amazed. They were like, just kind of laughing, though, because they were just like, 
literally just hide and I'd stare on the edge and as a but yeah, I know. it's the Hunger Games. Yes, very much so. That is a great way of, um, and it was mildly entertaining. I mean, I don't. You're not addicted to it. No, that's where. I, <laughs> but I, but I mean, you should know that. Like my youngest at the time, he was really into Fortnite for a while. I mean, they play it a lot. Yeah, it's entertaining. It's it's definitely fun. And it's more fun when you have people. Mm-hmm. You know. So what they did is they had the three TVs in the living room set up and we all were able to play together as a team, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so we were able to all go out together and everything like that. So it was, I could see the fun of it. If you have some friends and you don't want to go to their house and, you know, like Brad, it'd be a great game for Brad and I, cause in the wintertime we hate leaving our home. So like, <laughs> you know, yeah. So if you heard that, I forget who, who came up with it, but eat food, Mostly plants and not too much. Have you heard that before? Mm-hmm. I forget the name of the book, but eat food, mostly plants and not too much is like supposed to be good health advice. And so I saw the same thing, but for screens. And so it was like, use screens mostly together and not too much. And if you're using screens as a family, they figure that's the best way for screen time. So for all the parents out there that are fighting mm-hmm. the fight that I, I fight with my three children about how much screen time you should have, you know, do it. If you do it together, it's supposed to be better for you. So let's all get addicted to Fortnite together. And sue the Canadian government. <laughs> yeah, and become rich and famous. Right. And we'll get a good. podcast. Sounds good. All right. Hot take topic number two is Alex Trebek did an interview with People Magazine, and he talked about his cancer. So he has pancreatic cancer, stage four. And I read a little bit of the article, and it seems that he is all right with what's going on. He's accepted. His fate. So. Is he still continuing treatment or is he stopped? Uh, he's still doing chemo <clears throat> and he's still working through the whole thing. Is he, so he's still doing the show. That yes. was my question. Wow. And he says his skills have diminished. So it's just, he knows he'll have to step away some at some point. But he's accepted what's happened. Crazy because we just had Amy on, yes. right? So we have a this month, just what two weeks ago, three episodes ago. Yeah, we had Amy. We had on her dad passed the pancreatic cancer. Of course, she did on the Mike Blasky 5K two weeks ago at the fairground. So we had a big, long, deep dive in pancreatic cancer, why it is misdiagnosed a lot of times, and why when it does happen, it is often caught so late because it is so misdiagnosed, and by then. As you guys know, with cancer, the earlier you catch it, the better off you are. Right. So, sure. yeah. So, just that whole yeah. everything I'm going with it. So, and from what I understand, I don't know much about it. I mean, probably the only experience I have with it are the famous people. You know, I believe Michael Landon passed away from pancreatic cancer, and I believe that's what Patrick Swayze had. And uh, I understand it's painful. So, I, I wish him well, and I hope I hope for the best. That's my hot take. That's a, that's a tough thing, but it's it's nice that he's continuing to work. And well, wasn't there the um, teacher who wrote the last lecture, the yep. book that became a bestseller? He had pancreatic cancer, and he kind of did his last lecture to his students and, and left that legacy for everyone. Do you know who wrote it? Not offhand, no. We can find it, though. Yeah. You're resourceful. I'm just going to Amazon. <laughs> yep. <clears throat> All right. Hot take three is South, the latest South Park episode was banned in China. So I guess Randy Marsh is one of the characters, and he 
has this marijuana farm now, and he went to China to sell the marijuana, but was arrested and put in a labor camp or something. And it's with other band characters and stuff in China. And I guess he was working with Pooh Bear and Piglet because they had been banned in China because people have compared the president or the leader of China to looking like Pooh Bear. So they have banned Pooh Bear in China. <laughs> so Was this just like a recent episode? Yes. <laughs> what did... It was Pooh called Bear. Banned in China. What did Pooh Bear and Piglet look like? Drawn I, mean, I, I didn't see it. Oh, okay. I would... I want to see it now. Yeah, I'm totally going to watch this episode. Yes. So I guess the creators, Matt, Parker, and whatever. Stone. Yeah. He came out with some comment saying, I forgot what they said, but they're making fun of China pretty much. And I guess the next episode is going to be even worse for them. So don't mess with the creators of South Park. Well, they zero foxes. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. They totally will just go after. And not a bad thing. No, it's not. <clears throat> a voice for some people, I guess. So, they're still funny. So, all right. I guess hot take number four is the movie Joker. You guys, seen Joker? I have not seen it. Nope. I've read it. my fair share of Joker stories and Batman comics, though. <laughs> So I'm going to ask you this. Do you plan on seeing it? No. <laughs> Not in the theater. I appreciate your honesty. Not in the theater due to all the uh, the potential threats. Um, weird that you have to think like that. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a, I don't know. I mean, it's just, I guess it's a statement on society that, you know. So have you heard that the incel group, the involuntary celibate people have made threats. They're going to, uh, they planned attacks at, Joker theaters, none of the threats seem to be credible and people, but I'm like, I don't even need to worry. That'll just ruin the whole as, aspect of going to the movies. So so I'll probably see it at home. I'm a huge Batman fan. I I know your guest, Casey Stutzman, uh, is maybe a bigger Batman fan than me. That's maybe. I'd like to see which one of us has more Batman comics. We can stack them up one day. Well, but you know Casey's Batman? Pardon? Casey he, is Batman. Shh. That's what you tell people on live radio. <laughs> But uh, yeah, in any case, I was just, he's just a fan. That, that's not true. He's not actually that one. <laughs> anyway, starting rumors. Um, so yeah, I'll probably see it at some point, but I, I, I have no interest in going to the theater. Unless they redo the state theater and make it a one room theater and they sell a glass of beer, then I'm there. Like the Michigan theater. Which we could talk about. Yeah. I mean, you said you wanted to talk about that? I mean, I will talk as little or as much as you want about it. So about the state theater or Joker? Both. I'm alright with either. Are you guys gonna see it? Let's let's yeah. We both talked. Oh you are so, so I you were talking about it in the pod the last episode and you said you might try to sneak away. Did you sneak away? He watched in the town. I drove two hours to a big theater. Okay. So I cool. wanted to see it in a big theater. Good call. Hundred percent. It was it shaped the movie for me as well. Like it, it, it added to the experience. The mm -hmm. Atmo sound, the huge screen, the, the comfortable seats, which we're going to talk about here shortly. Yes. And um, yeah, it was everything that I wanted. I I got everything I wanted in that movie. Yeah? Did, did Casey show I mean, Batman show up? 
I uh, don't know if we're supposed to talk about that. Oh, yeah. No, spoiler <laughs> alert. Right. Good point. That's worse than telling people. Well, but I will tell you, that this is something. Well, we could say there could be spoilers. So. Yes. There could be spoilers. I don't know. You guys don't listen, but I love comic book movies and I love comics. So um, the Avengers, I couldn't stand. Mm-hmm. Where I couldn't stand, I just I was really disappointed by him. And the main reason that I was disappointed by him is because they never gave me what I wanted. Okay. I was constantly like, oh, man, that's great, but I wish they would have done this. Or, oh, man, I wish they would have done that. That's when I walk out of the theater. It's the first thing I always would have said. Or like, oh, man, I walked out of that theater, and all I wanted to do was go right back to the counter, give them another 10 bucks, and go right back inside and watch the whole thing all over. With Joker. Yes. That's fantastic. They gave me everything I flipped and wanted plus some. That's awesome. That's I mean that feels so good when you leave the theater. I have the same problem with with Star Wars that you have with the Avengers is that I always walk out and go, but they could have done this mm-hmm. and it would have been cooler. And and I love Star Wars, but yeah, I'm so now I'm now I'm intrigued. I want to see it. I might brave the theater to go see it. Is it showing here in Alpena? Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's two ah. showings going around. Nice. So it'd be a big leap for me to see it. I don't. I don't do any of those movies. But, yeah. uh, well, that's the beauty of the first of all. So the first thing you know, it's not a comic book movie. Okay. No. So hundred percent no. So would I enjoy it as someone who doesn't see those movies? You like movies? Oh yeah. Okay, yeah. then you would love it okay. because first, uh, let's say, so you think Joaquin's going to get an Oscar? I think he'll be nominated. He'll definitely be that's nominated. Hundred percent. One of the best performances I've seen. There. And it will definitely be nominated for best film. Um, cinematography will probably get an Oscar or not as well. So just for alone in that, wow, wow, you should go just if you can get past that. Like then there's a whole bunch of societal implications. There's and, some uh, deep issues, yeah, <laughs> and undertones throughout the whole movie that they have, were so great about laying in there. And depending on how, what you believe and what you want to think, so I'm sure some people are like, "Oh my God, it's in this movie too," but. You know, it's just was really well done. I wanted, I almost stood up and applauded. If anyone else would have stood up and applauded, I would have stood up as well. But we, I was first of all surprised in a theater that hold, held 300 people or whatever it was. There was only like 50 of us there. It was very empty. But it was a Sunday at one o'clock. So I mean, that's perfect though. You don't want no one to be too crowded. So yeah, anything you want to say? I, I've come. My you, thoughts. Need, you need to tie on it. Yes, because it, it is a very taxing movie. Yes, and I was sitting behind these two people. I think they're on a date. I don't know why you would take somebody on a date to watch this, but <laughs> the girl in front of me, she kept covering her eyes. Yes, because there were some really messed up things going on. I mean, it was a good movie. I liked it eventually because I had to get through all this and process it, but we just need to be nice to people. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Have you seen the Saw movies? Yes. Okay. So you you know the way the Saw movies made you feel where you're like, if this were to happening to me, how would I deal with all this that's going on? The Joker movie was able to do that somehow, and I don't know quite know how they do it. Maybe it's because at some point we've all had a bad day, but we've all felt like things aren't going our way and how you deal with that, you know, and um, there was, it was just, 
essentially what Brad told me when Brad first, he went the night before I, he went Saturday, I went Sunday and he got out and I was like, was it as good as I'm hoping? And he said, yes, it's just, it was a lot. I think that's what he said. And I was like, what do you mean? And he was, he said, in the way you said it, it's, it's two an hour, two hours of watching someone break completely mentally down. And that can, wow. that can really wear on you as it does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very wearing to watch someone just completely just, just fall apart. And it is, so is it the making of Joker? Mm-hmm. Is that the idea? Yes. Yeah. Oh. It's his origin story. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. All right. How long is it to say theater? You're going to get the soccer shots and you should just go for it. Just go for it. <laughs> they need to invest some money into this place. Yes. Start with the seats. Yeah. Just start with some seats that have armrests that are functional and there. Because I was sitting in a row and I sat in the only seat that had two armrests, but one was wiggly because it wasn't tight. The others didn't have an armrest. So when they closed the Royal Knight, I was very disappointed because I always preferred to go to the Royal Knight because the seats were better. And that is my, I can handle everything else in the state theater, but I would really like them to have nice seats. It's time to replace the seats. And if they... I don't understand why they didn't haul them out of the Royal Knight and bring them into the state. Yeah. And I think Bob yep. at the comic book store has 100%. the seats from the Royal Knight. And I, I haven't been to a movie there yet. Plan to do it soon. Um, but yeah, they need some better seats. Just invest some money in the theater and more people will come. Right now it's not worth the $10 to go to the movies and see a movie. And I like to support the local businesses. But I have done what you did for the Joker. I have said, you know, let's we have let's go to Gaylord. We'll see it on the big screen and stadium seating mm-hmm. with nicer chairs. And then while we're there, we'll do some other things. But I've made the decision to drive to Gaylord to see a movie because I didn't want to go to the state and worry about what the chair looked like. I'm a little germ-phobic. And then I go, ah, do I want to sit in that seat? And where do I get five for my whole family all together that look like quality seats? That's hard for me. I would rather have them take each of the best seats in the other theater and have one solid theater than the hodgepodge mess they have now. So I'm I mean, sure they still have the seats from upstairs too. I don't know. Just, I would be excited. Sad. I'm sorry. Go ahead. It just makes me sad to see our theater like this. You know, and I sat through. Endgame, you know, a broken chair that would sway back and forth when it's not supposed to. Mm-hmm. It was so uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It, and unfortunately, it ruined he the said Endgame. He mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. It, yes. And it, it ruined the Endgame for you. Yes. As good as Endgame is, the only thing that you cared about is that it was over. Yes. Yes. I mean, yeah. that's like when you talk to Brad, his fundamental theme is, I'm glad it was over. So one of the first things that always comes out of his mouth. That's so sad. Yeah. All because of the seat I sat in. So the question question is who owns it and how can they make those changes? I don't know. And I don't know what the business model is, Mm -hmm. but I really would like to see, you know, this is just ridiculous and I'm obviously not going to make any money, but I would like to see a single screen theater with the old style stadium seats and, you know, I, I don't know. That just, and then, you know, I don't know what you have to do to make that business model work, but I, I, I don't know. I'm, I think I'd spend more money. If, well, if like, you've ever gone up to Rogers City's theater, 
it is the old classic theater mm -hmm. and it's very um, beautiful. The seats, everything's been redone. Uh -huh. um, they serve kind of classic uh, snacks when you come in and they show, you know, one movie and the whole town kind of rallies around it. Mm -hmm. Well, and what they've done strategically there is they never, very rarely do they take something that's fresh off the presses. True. They'll usually get something mm -hmm. that's come on after a second or third run, mm -hmm. which is perfect. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, you're not wrong. I agree. Just invest a little bit of money into the theater and make it more presentable. I won't sneak snacks in anymore. I don't take snacks anyway. But I mean, yeah, I don't buy them from there either. So. I, I mean, I always feel a little bit bad when I sneak a snack into the Alpena Theater. But I only feel this bad because I sit in a broken seat the whole time. So I have reason to doubt in my head that if you're going to charge me this exorbitant amount to sit in this broken chair, I am going to go to Neiman's and grab a pair in their bulk food, a bag of gummies. You know, I don't think they care either because I took Zucker to the movies one time and the lady's like, so do you want any snacks or anything? He's like, no, we brought some. <laughs> Oh, God, I love your nephew. <laughs> and they just let us go. Okay. Right. <laughs> it's, uh, it is tough. It is. Maybe a sternly worded letter sent to them, and then Kyrie mm -hmm. can pass it along to whoever she needs to send it to. I don't know if the AMC Corporation owns it or somebody in town or what. Just, just want a nicer movie theater. We don't have to well, that was it. always the plan with Kmart. Sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Kmart. That was I mean, just wants to buy every building. Well, I don't blame them. I mean, it's not a bad idea, but I always said, but it would work in that spot particularly. Mm -hmm. Would have been a, just a big screen TV, six theaters. You don't have to have 12. Six theaters, snacks, comfortable seating, as Brett said. There's lots of parking. And the best thing about it is, is it helps everything around here. Because mm -hmm. as we know, the South Corridor struggles. So right, but <clears throat> the big bad wolf got their fingers under it. He did. All right. I, 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 it makes you wonder about the business model of the theater and how much money you know, how close is the margin and where does the money go? And but yeah, I mean, if you want it to be a going concern going forward, I think that the day will the day is coming where they will have to replace the seats. Yeah. Eventually. Sooner rather than later. I hope so. <laughs> yeah, one more hot take. What was it? Joker? I sent one to Michelle. Do you remember him? Did you write him down? She's always know. prepared. Well, are you talking about the homework thing? Or that's later? Later. Later. Okay. Hot takes. I don't remember. Right, we got three minutes. So. All right. We'll put wrap it up then. All right. It's been hard getting a chance to work out when everything closes so early. And I don't get done working until late at night. Where can I even go to stay in shape? Zen 24-Hour Fitness Center is the place you seek. Whoa, where's that at? It's located at US 23 South in Alpena, across from Kiff Miller's Produce in the Lutz Plaza. Wow, thanks, God. Anytime, bro. Zen 24-Hour Fitness Center. For more information, find us on Facebook or call 884-4397. Zen, find peace in your busy life and get a workout when you want it. So we're in the kitchen. We're in the kitchen. Um... Let's start with our guests. Our guests are um, Shelly Cornish and John Capeless. Okay, and you guys are both teach educators. Yes, you call us teachers. Teachers we're, in our classroom, we're we're referred to as facilitators. Nice project based learning. So okay. Yeah. 
Um, why don't I don't care who goes first? Why don't you? I bet Shelly would be easiest because I know you for sure. a long time. Yeah. Yes. Um, so I mean, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people don't know you. Like I, I mean, we grew up together. We did. We're yes. Oxbow people. Oxbow Saint Church. That's right. Yes, so for a lot deep. of people, do not know that. I mean. Oxbow is always really cool to me. Anybody I know from Oxbow, I always have a special place in my heart for. So, like, um, why don't you tell them, Lisa? So, you obviously grew up in Alpena? So, yeah, my parents moved here when I was like five. Okay. And we grew up in Alpena and went to Oxbow, which was the best elementary school. Mm-hmm. If you remember, I've talked about it before. It was this mm-hmm. kind of like little uh, hippieville, those uh, accordion doors and the classrooms open mm-hmm. and teachers really kind of uh, work together, a little mm-hmm. collaborativeness. Um, Went to Alpena High School, graduated, and um, went away to college, Hope College. Okay. Yep. And uh, didn't know I was going to be a teacher, but do you know how funny things are? I was going into purchase one day, and Miss Blake, I don't know if you had Miss Blake. I did. um, Looked at me, and she basically said, hey, uh, you're in college now, right? And I said, yeah. And she said, I bet you're being a teacher. And I'm like, no, I didn't even think about that. And the more that I thought about it, it started to percolate a little bit. And uh, next thing I knew, I was uh, becoming a teacher. So, yeah. That's awesome. So did you start right at the high school level? So I did, yes. Actually, my very first job was at Alpena High School. Graduated okay. from college, and you know, three months later, I'm at Alpena High School at age 22. So I was, wow. out, of the, I was out of the gate pretty young. Yeah. yeah. I know um, tomorrow – my wife has her first uh, teen reality fair. It is at the junior high. Mm-hmm. And I know a couple different times I've volunteered to help her out, as Brad has too. Mm-hmm. Are you helping her now? No. Okay. They've, re- they've redone it. Yeah. Good. So she's continuing to try to work your people in, and it's she's a nervous wreck because they've redone the whole system. So, but well, the reality um, fair is a great program. Yes, I've seen it in action, and it's actually getting revamped. And I, I would, I personally think it's going to make it, lack of a better term, cooler. And what I mean by that is, so now it's all done by an app. Oh yeah. So now instead of you coming to see me and Brad and writing it on a piece of paper, and I mean I love the chicken scratch math. I mean that's up my alley, but um, I think you know, some kids just like, I think they're able to have like animations and some pretty cool things now that instead of like going to the Monopoly pile and then drawing your catastrophe out, it just randomly sends it to your phone like, oh, my car broke down and just stuff like that, which is again, like more, a little bit more. So ironically, I, I had Allison in class. I don't know if she told you that. Yep. And I believe I had her for econ. Okay. And we used to do a thing similar to that where they would have, a, they'd pick a job, they would pick an income, they would have disasters that would happen and they had to make a budget and plan it all out. And I believe she was in my class with that. That's crazy. So crazy. She, yeah. She is um, super excited mm-hmm. to be starting her new venture with, are you guys both at the high school? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So then yeah. she is very excited. She's having a hell of a staffing time, but that's everyone in Alpena. She's just learning now what a lot of employers, like Brad's employer, is always looking for someone. So um, trying to find <laughs> just like, yep. Um, she's having a heck of a time trying to find a kid to work. Or to, kids. Work, to work at the branch. Yes. You're talking about the Alpena Alcona yes. Area Credit Union branch. That's what it be. Start second semester of high mm-hmm. school. So, yep. Um, yeah, so. You were at Axel for a little while too, then, right? So yeah, yeah so I did a co- so I, yeah I um I taught 
um, for a number of years, taught here and taught downstate, and then came back, and then was kind of on the administrative track and um, worked at Thunder Bay Junior High School as an assistant principal. Then I went back to Oxbow um, with ACES as their principal. But, you know, it was one of those things where um, I liked the challenge of being a principal, but not a day went by that I didn't miss being in a classroom. I mean, you kind of make your own day in the classroom, as John knows. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we have a lot of fun. Um, we try to make it real for the kids. And so um, I asked to go back in the classroom three years ago. Mm-hmm. And so for the last two years, I've been working with John in a project-based learning classroom. So I'm naturally a history girl, but um, I have history and English as my two majors. And I'm a history major and then a science minor, so... They paired up two history teachers, and we're doing a class with the Marine Sanctuary. There's a lot of history involved in that, so that's awesome. Which works, yeah, it works yeah. great. Um, my brother, or so Allison's brother, Eric, mm-hmm. um, is a teacher in Kansas. Uh, we talked about this yeah, the last I, time. I had him in class as well, and he used to sum at the high school. I think yes. didn't he do the wrestling too yep. for a while? Yeah, and he is on track because you know you have to get your master's and blah blah. Yep. blah. So he has gone taking the administrative path, as you said. Yeah. And I'm amazed at how many teachers or people have told him, don't do it. <laughs> like, and what I mean by that is like, like just like say, hey, you're, you'd be surprised how much you miss being a teacher. So I'm not, so hearing that from you, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It's just, I'm always fascinated by how many people will say, I miss being in the classroom. Mm-hmm. So. Well, you go into it for the kids. And, mm-hmm. and the thing I don't think I realize is that, you know, I assumed that managing adults would be like managing kids, and it's not. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's not the same. And you spend a lot of time in meetings, and really, I think in the classroom, you have a bigger impact on kids and, and on the building as a whole. Well, it would only make the assumption yes, because mm-hmm. you you're just one step closer to the kids, whereas mm-hmm. there's, excuse me, the buffer between the teacher between you and the students. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... That the one thing that you, you told me is that you're not in control of your day. Yes. And one of the beautiful things about being a teacher is that, I mean, it's a requirement of your job that you have a lesson plan and you plan your day. You plan your day by the minute to some degree. And and you're very much in control of the day, you know. And and so the idea that when you become an administrator, you sort of lose that control. is That's a that's a big shift for somebody who, I mean, we live by the clock. Like our bathroom breaks are scheduled, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Losing control. Losing that control. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting change. I've thought long and hard about being an administrator. Um, and we had a dean of students position come up a couple of times. I thought about taking that. And the most recent time, she's like, you know, I think you, you're you good in the classroom. And I think you'd enjoy it. I think you'd rather be here than there on the administrative side. Um, you know. It's, 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 it's just inter- it's fascinating because I try to get this sneakily out of time last week. Sure. Just because, but... And Tom was a history teacher, too. Yes, Mm -hmm. but what I got out of Tom was, Tom loves being a principal. So, like, he he loves his role as an administrator. Mm -hmm. And I I was sneaking about it, and if you go back and listen, you can kind of of probe it around, see if I can get that out of him a little bit. But really, he just loves it, and that's awesome. I mean, yeah. You know, I think, yeah, I think you have to have the right attitude about it and mm-hmm. really for me I didn't realize how much I would miss the the interaction daily with kids yeah mm-hmm. you, know, you still have interaction but you didn't get to know kids on the level that you get to know them in your classroom um, and I felt like I was removed from some of that 
I can, I can only imagine. I think the elephant in the room, though, is also that part of the role of an administrator is to deal with problems, sure. right? Students students make choices, and those choices sometimes lead to intervention. And sometimes not only are you not in control of how your day is laid out, but you're also not in control of the, the, the obstacles that are mm-hmm. that are there, you know. Difficult. The issues that you're dealing with. Yeah, I mean, students, students, you know, students get into trouble, and yeah. the administrators have to handle that. And that's part of the role. It's not just about, you know, school leadership. It's also about discipline and, you know, you might have interventions and talking with people at home. Ten meetings planned out to get everything squared away. And you spend the whole day with dealing with the kids vaping. So, I mean, like, yes. yes, And I think our administrative team would tell you that that happens (laughs) more often than they would like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I can, that that doesn't surprise me at all here. Right. Um, John. Yes, sir. I think you have a little bit of a different story. Uh, yeah, I, I do. So um, I, I, I was born in Wayne County, and I lived there until I was 16. Um, so we, I grew up in Westland, and then Westland was starting to get a little bit rough uh, by the time I hit um, my sophomore year of high school, and my parents opted to move to Chelsea, which was a, a pretty big shift going from a more urban school district to a more rural school school district in Chelsea, Michigan, on the I-94 corridor there. And uh, at the time, Chelsea's now kind of a bedroom community for Ann Arbor, but at the time it was still a farming community, very class B school, very small. Um, So that was a big shock for me. And then uh, I I went to uh, the University of Michigan, and my original thought was I wanted to be an engineer. Um, and I think that was really my dad talking. My dad worked in an engineering role at at Ford Motor Company. And engineering just didn't sit well with me. And so I, I was taking some history classes and fulfilling requirements. I'm like, how can I take more history classes? I think maybe I, I want to go down that path. And I didn't have the foresight to realize that you could be a maritime archaeologist at Thunder Bay National Marine Sanctuary someday. And I'm just like, what can you do with a history degree? And I really, I don't think I really put a whole lot of thought into different options in the, in the history world. I just settled on education and I, I settled on education because, you know, I've always enjoyed working with students or working with kids. And, um, and, and I, I just thought it would be, you know, I thought it would be a good career, a little bit of a, a safe career in many respects. I know the conversation that you had last week talked a lot about, you know, why do people go into education or, or to be more to the point, why aren't people going into education? And, you know, obviously it was a very stable career. You can move around anywhere, and so uh, when I was at uh, when I was in Chelsea and going to school, I was also working at the Chelsea Pharmacy, and I was working with a lady who uh, her husband and her son were both firefighters on the Chelsea Fire Department, and I said, oh, "Gee, I, you know, I've got family in Maryland; they're all volunteer firefighters, and I'd love to do it." And within a week, I was I received an interview, and I was hired with the Chelsea Fire Department. So as I was going to school. Uh, to be a teacher, I was also going to night school to get all my firefighter certification uh, taken care of. And so when I graduated, I was looking for firefighting jobs and teaching jobs. And uh, the first uh, the first job offer I had was from Alpena to be a teacher. And the first time I had ever been to Alpena was for the job interview. And, and John, what year was that? That was 2000, summer okay. of 2000. So I came up to Alpena and I was like, wow, that lake. I'd really like to live by the lake. <laughs> I'd get a sailboat, maybe. You know, that makes so. me excited that you were here, though, because I, that's pre-turn. So, like, Alpine in 2000 was a weird time. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to say it was the worst time, but um, 
you know, because of like Black Friday and all that kind of stuff. Obviously, there were some darker times, but you know, once the Marine Sanctuary got built, Alpena kind of turned a corner, and it, it, it's, you felt it. I mean, you, and you've seen it. And Brad and I talk about it all the time. So it's, it, I'm glad that you were here. Pre-turn, I guess. Right. Yeah. So, so I arrived in August of 2000, and the Marine Sanctuary was designated in October of that year. Yeah. So the, we started at the same time, in, in essence, <laughs> yeah. just kind of neat. It's ironic, so, considering our projects. Right. <laughs> yeah. To, or our class. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so I was I at the end of the first year. Um, I I didn't know anybody in Alpena, and you know, one other teacher kind of he and his wife sort of adopted me and you know, come on out on the weekends, have dinner, hang out with us, uh, go hunting, whatever. And so I, I had that one solid connection, but I didn't really have any other connections. And I'm like, I don't know, what am I going to do? So I had some more firefighting. I was going to get my paramedic license uh, in the summer. And I was thinking I'll probably quit teaching and go be a firefighter. And uh, I met a girl. And <laughs> so you might've had Herb Knowlton as a chemistry teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, so Herb was teaching in the chemistry department and uh, his daughter was coming home from college, and he's like, I saw you out rollerblading, and my daughter rollerblades, and maybe you'd like to call her, and I'm like, oh, that's kind of weird. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so uh, anyway, we, uh, we went out on a date, and I'm like, wow, this girl's really cool. So maybe I shouldn't leave yet. <laughs> maybe I should hang out and give this another year. And uh, seven months later, we were engaged, and 2003, we got married, and 2005, we had our first child, and here I am, still still teaching in Alpena. Didn't run away to be a firefighter. But you are. But I still, yeah, I work for Alpena Township Fire Department as a as a paid-on-call firefighter still. Yeah. So so just the same role I had when I was on the Chelsea Fire Department, um, you know, and, and I love that, too. It's yeah. great. Interesting that we talk about that, because I just had a conversation with my father-in-law. We need firefighters. Oh, yeah. Desperately in our community. And it's, I mean, state, I, I said it's like teaching what we had last week. State, local, I mean, it's just in Michigan, and we can't get enough of EMT firefighters. Mm-hmm. And um, the one reason we were talking about this is my daughter's dating a firefighter. Okay. And she was supposed to come home this week while I'm going away for vacation. And I was like, I'm leaving town. And she goes, oh, I knew that. Well, I'm bringing my boyfriend home now. I need to meet him. Oh, and I told when I was telling it, I was I told her once when I asked her, I was like, "What does your boyfriend do?" And she, oh, he's a firefighter and he's going to school right now at Bowling Green. And I was like, "Man, I tell you what, if he ever wants to come up to Alpena with you, mm-hmm. I could find him a job tomorrow." Oh like, yeah. And she's like, "I don't want him to come to Alpena, Dad." And I'm like, "I understand that. I'm just letting you know that we need firefighters." So you know, I'm like, "If you talk to him and he knows anyone, <laughs> send him my way because." We need doctors too. So. Yeah, we, yeah. Need, we need teachers as well. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. And that's how you recruit them. You, you, they have to meet a girl or whatever. Come on, <laughs> that's, that's, like, okay. that's uh, the key. <laughs> yeah, my daughter is still in that, and it, it's going to be interesting to watch it because she loves Alpena and she loves home, but she really wanted to get out of here. And I can see it already in her. She loves coming home, and she just loves certain things like. She loves being by the water, and then she loves just the things that you grow up and you, you just don't understand until you leave and spend some time away. Mm-hmm. And now that she's going on her third year of being away, and then she comes home, and she just every time she comes home, she stays a little longer and says, "Man, I just." And then well, the other night we went for the last time she was home for a while, we all went for a bike ride around town. I miss this, you know. I really like this, and blah blah blah. So you can just kind of see it, you know, mm-hmm. coming full circle. See, my I don't think my wife. Has ever wanted to live anyplace else? 
she loves this town yeah. and uh and i've lived here longer than i've lived any place else also and i mean it's it's home for me too and you know it's you can't a lot of kids have that i want to get out of alpena feeling um and it takes a few years of being away before they appreciate it i think you i don't think you can tell them i don't think you can tell an 18 year old kid you're going to appreciate this town a lot more in five years, yeah. but I think it just happens naturally. And they, you know, not every kid's going to want to come back, but I, oh. think, I think they do miss home and they, and I think they, they an, start to see the value. Yeah. There's an element of it that I don't think you appreciate me grow up here. Mm-hmm. I know that I didn't, but I will tell you, um, having lived away and come back, I appreciate it more, mm-hmm. but we don't have children, but we've hosted exchange students. And through our exchange students, we have noticed how great Alpena really is and the opportunities that are there for kids. And those mm-hmm. of you with kids understand that, but we had not witnessed that before, you know, yeah. just how many people open their homes to them, the opportunities that exist for them that would not exist in other places. Yeah. And really nobody's a stranger, you know, there's always yeah. a connection. Mm-hmm. So. My favorite thing that all of us, cause we've all lived outside of Alpena here mm-hmm. is that you take the water for granted. When you grow up here, yes, you don't realize it until you live until you move away, and you're like, man, I could, it's like ninety degrees. Let's go swimming, and you're just like, wait a minute, like, and they take you to a lake. And yeah. you look at that lake, and you're like, this is yeah. not a lake. And you gotta drive forty five <laughs> right. minutes to it, and you're like, literally, I could just hop in my bike, or I could walk to water. Right. Yeah, we could we could all walk to water pretty quick right here. Yeah, in the kitchen. yeah, and it's just crazy how much you, you just don't even you just take it for granted just because mm-hmm. the water's everywhere here, mm-hmm. and um. Speaking of water, H2O. Yes. Next year, on the loft. On the loft, yeah. So we'll get to that later. Okay. I like it. I like that you're getting to it later. But anyway. You had a good weekend. So. You had a great weekend. But um, so did you. Yes. Well, anyways, I want to stick on the later. Yeah, we'll look down to later. So um, <laughs> you got to Alpena. Yep. Uh, teaching. And then, so have you been at the high school the whole time? Uh, that's the funny thing. I mean, Michelle's had experiences teaching in other places, other grade levels. She's been an administrator. I've been in the same gig since 2000. <laughs> I, I was hired to teach science. Um, so I was teaching an earth science class and then astronomy. Um, and then I switched to history for like the middle of my career, you know, years five to 15. I spent a lot of time teaching freshmen in U.S. history, uh, current events, you know, social issues, things like that, world history. Um, and I enjoyed every minute of that. Obviously, I'm a history major, and I'm really, really excited to teach history. And then, I don't know, we probably needed a football coach or something. I don't know what happened. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I ended up back in science. And, well, I guess really, probably what really happened was I created uh, an elective about Thunder Bay National Marine Sanctuary in 2012. Um, I was on the education steering committee at Thunder Bay National Marine Sanctuary, and we were trying to figure out how to get more – um, our, our, I guess the, the goal for our team was to try to figure out how to get more uh, connections with Thunder Bay National Marine Sanctuary into local schools. Mm-hmm. And I pitched the idea for an elective class at the high school. And I didn't think they were going to jump on it. And Megan Black was the education coordinator at the time. And she said, yeah, let's do it. She called up Jeff Gray and he said, I support it. And so I wrote a curriculum when my, I remember I, you know, I'm like, guys, this isn't the right time. Like my wife and I just had a baby and I'm, I'm like, this is a big project and I don't know if I have time for it. And they're like, just do it. So I wrote the curriculum, they vetted it, gave the okay. Um, I had to go before the school board and get the curriculum approved. Um, Joyce McCoy, I'll never forget. She's like, John, we don't have any money for this. And I said, that's okay. I'll figure it out. I think we can do it on a shoestring budget. I'll write grants 
and you know they'll write grants and their partners you know if we get these partnerships going i think it'll be okay and so she took a chance on me and matt poley you know he was the principal at the time and they they trusted me enough to say go for it um so we approved the class and we did a pilot program of 30 students and we partnered up with the sanctuary and i, I mean it's it's interesting because when i look at that big blue building i see science and when I talk to them, they're like, they're all history guys, which, which works out great for me because I, I do both. But, uh, but I had never even taken an archaeology class, not in college or, you know, so I knew, I knew less than nothing. I had a steep, steep learning curve. Um, and they took me under their wing and helped me along, gave me resources, helped me develop lessons and projects. And uh, so it, it kind of grew from there. And I think when it reached its peak, we had about uh, 200 students in one school year go through the program. Oh. And then we switched from that was created when this, the high school was doing trimesters. And we switched back to semesters, which meant that kids had fewer electives that they could take. Mm -hmm. So it shrank a little bit. Um, but we, you know, we've been able to sustain a pretty solid program. So I think that's really what kicked me out of history and into back into science. So I was doing uh, for at one point, I was just teaching astronomy in Shipwreck Alley all day long, all science all day long. And then uh, when uh, uh, Dr. Van Wagner came to Alpena, he, the first year he was pretty quiet, just kind of scoping it out, seeing what was there. And then the second year he started, you know, laying out his vision. And one of the, one of the important pieces for transforming education in Alpena, and I don't know if I'm putting words in his mouth, but that's the way I perceived it was to, to offer kids more pathways. And one of those pathways was project-based learning. So we've, we've built, and we call it a school within a school sometimes, and we call it a pathway at other times, but we, we've got this pathway at the high school where students can take project-based learning classes. Um, they're, they're integrated. So she's teaching English, I'm teaching science, but we're in the same room together. Instead of having one class of 30 students, we have double the students and two teachers in the room for a two hour block. Um, and so since I had already, been doing project-based learning in the context of the sanctuary uh, and it and it sort of fit. They said, we want you to take your Shipwreck Alley program and turn it into a, one of our project-based learning classes. So I wanted to keep calling it Shipwreck Alley, but, uh, but they said, no, we're going to rename it. So it's called Science in the Sanctuary now. Um, in any case, they, 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 they set it up. And so what we're doing is should I just jump right in? Is that okay? Well, uh, do you have more questions? No, let's, because we're going to do a whole thing about that. Okay. That's where we're going to head. But I love that you gave me just enough to wet my beaks. Okay. Like a better term. Um, but so you, let's go back to what you taught. So you taught astronomy for a little bit? I've taught astronomy every single year of okay. teaching except one. So okay. I th I've taught that class more than anything else. Okay. Yep. Excellent. So yeah, that's probably why you're so fascinated about the star pictures. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. So so we, I, we were out on the pier at Rockport and I'm like, hey, uh, what, what are your camera settings? He took some great pictures of the northern lights. Nice. And I'm like, send me those pictures, please. Yeah. So, and he did. Thank yeah. you for that. Oh, no problem. Yeah. I. So what I did, as Brad knows, is I had a very good picture taking camera. Mm-hmm. And I traded that in for video because I've been doing a lot of video projects and I hated the video in that camera. Okay. And for five years, I've been chasing those stupid northern lights. Okay. I mean, I, I have sat out there in the cold dark by myself. Mm -hmm. I've sat there out in the cold dark with my friend. I think Brad might even come a couple times, but I've literally been out Presqu'ile, everywhere in northern Michigan, chasing those stupid lights. Okay, with that, with with my photography camera, mm -hmm. and I figured the minute I sell that fucking camera, and I, I swear, 
the minute I saw that camera, and then I downgraded my camera to, so I could have better video. And I walk out there with that camera, and I took my first picture, and I could have thrown the whole thing right in the lake, just oh. like a, just like a freaking <laughs> javelin right in there. And I looked at it, and I was like, "Well, that's as good as it's gonna get," because I, I just maxed everything out. I pushed that camera hard as it could, and, mm-hmm. and it just gave, and it gave me the best it could. But I knew if I would have had that other camera, the, the picture I would have had, and the image quality and everything about it just would have been phenomenal. And I, it just eats at me every day that that. After six years of trying to get that shot, mm-hmm. I get it on this crap camera with this, and I'm just like, oh, I'm sorry. No. <laughs> with that being said, though, I hopefully next month I'll, I'm going. I found a hybrid, but I just didn't want to spend the money. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So. So for for the listeners at home, right, it was a terrible night for the Northern Lights. I mean, yeah. really, you you I mean, you had to squint really hard and say, I see that little white glow on the horizon. I think that's the Northern Lights. And I wasn't 100% sure we were actually seeing the lights until you showed us your pictures. Yeah. So I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's it. But, you know, and I've seen I've seen bright greens. Yes. And I've seen reds here in Alpena. Um, but that that night was a pretty bad night for them. Well, one it was tough conditions, mm-hmm. and as Rick will tell me, because he's the one always talks to me off the ledge every time I start talking about it, because I get so upset. One it was tough conditions, which it was. It was two. Um, he goes, it's not like you're not going to get another shot at it, right? You know, it's just a matter of time. But, three three dark sky preserves in the area. You'll, yeah, you'll have another shot. Yeah. And um, it's just it's interesting the whole thing and taking pictures of. It's amazing how many people I have messaged me. I have three unanswered messages in my Facebook Messenger now. People saying, "Hey, I really just want to learn how to use my camera. Can you just walk me through it really quick?" And mm-hmm. it's amazing how many people just want that. But and you're just like, I don't even know you though. Like, so it's just like, I mean, it's flattering in a way, and it's cool in a way. But at the same time, I'm just like, I don't know if I. I think the only way I really could do it is if I got like three or four people together, kind of with you guys, mm-hmm. and just like almost in a classroom setting. Like, all right, everybody bring the camera, everyone sit down. So I'm just not comfortable doing a one-on-one. Like, if I knew one of you guys, it'd be fine. But these sure. people are complete strangers. So well, I, you should maybe offer a class. Yeah, yeah, yeah why not? Yeah. So just like, hey. So there are other people. Speaking of firefighters, there's a firefighter in Alpena who's into astrophotography. He and his dad oh, do a lot of work. Yeah. Well, Harry does. Yeah, great. Is oh, about Harry? Harry? Yeah. Uh, uh, Meshach. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, what's what, you know? At, we can do it at like the Besser Museum. So I sit on the board at the Besser mm-hmm. Museum. So uh, if you want to do a quick photography lesson and then touch on astrophotography, take pictures at night. <laughs> we could do something. You could just have it informal at the, at the museum. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's that, that always that opportunity. I know um, next month for Art and Lobs fundraiser, I'm doing, well, what I wanted to do is meteors and McNuggets. That's what I wanted to call it. But <laughs> Justin wanted to class it up. So um, <laughs> I don't know what he's calling it. I know. Don't say that's not amazing. Who would have wanted to go look Classy. My husband would be there in a second. I know. He like, loves McDonald's. I always will bring McNuggets. I will provide <laughs> the camera. If not, you can bring your camera. I'll help you through your camera. We'll pick out the night and we'll we'll, we'll chase meteors and shooting stars. And... <laughs> hey, I think it works. I, yeah, I think it works. We have to figure out how to incentivize it, though. I don't know why you want to do this for free for us all. Oh, yeah. I need to learn. Yeah. So, yeah. So, anyways, um, but yeah, that, so that's going to be it. Next month's fundraiser. Mm-hmm. Cool. You can have the opportunity if you want to come into the loft fundraiser to bet on that experience. I use that term very loosely, by the way. 
Oh, is it going to be for the women's night, the big gala that they have? Yes. Is that okay? Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. Are you going to be there? Yeah. Yes. Maybe that's okay. Yeah. So, anyways, um, we're going to round that out. You guys have anything else on the teacher wise before we deep dive into this project based learning a little bit? By yourself. I don't know. I mean, I just you. Go well, you know, it. I think yeah. that one thing I I missed in my introduction is the fact that I've actually also taught around the world. Ooh. So, ooh, yeah. So um, I was a, a teacher. I did a teaching exchange in Glasgow, Scotland, with the Department of Education in Michigan, um, and that was just a quick month. And then my teacher came back here, but it was a pretty amazing experience yeah. to represent Michigan that way. That is cool. Yeah, and then I also was a Goethe teacher, and I went over to Germany and did a teaching exchange there years and years ago as well. Um, and it was really cool because we got kind of a firsthand behind the scenes of everything that happens in schools there. Um, and then I also was a Toyota teacher and got a chance to go to Japan, compliments to the Toyota Motor Company. Huh. So they pick one teacher from every state. And I did that, oh my gosh, like it's like a lifetime ago. It was like yeah. 27 years ago. So, <laughs> seems like um, yesterday. That's yes. so weird. Yeah. It seems like yesterday, but those were amazing experiences. But unfortunately, a lot of those are no longer offered in education. Yeah. You know, so they're mm -hmm. just not around like they used to be. But so those impacted me. But I will tell you, the opportunity to work um, with our new project has been pretty amazing here locally. And partnering with John um, has really just opened up like whole new vistas with, with the sanctuary and what our kids are doing in their classroom. Awesome. Well, I'm going to stop you there. There's a NOAA teacher at sea program. Okay. We should look into that. Yeah. yeah. It's right up your alley. Time for a break? Break. Right. Yes. So, my undergrad and graduate degree through North was, was very strongly based on what you guys are teaching now. Oh, okay. Really? Yeah, it was probably basically, that, that's how I got my whole graduate degree. So, we have like an MBA, right? Yeah, but it was all in like project management then? Well, it was all or? within the General Motors world. Okay. So, much like you guys did now, what they essentially did is. They taught us for two years on all the things that they felt that you would need. And they say, they essentially said, all right, go pick a problem in your dealership and go fix it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then use your tools that you've just spent two years learning. Right. Sure. And then apply it. And then. All real world applications. Yeah, obviously, because it's real, because it's my art, the dealership I was at. And then spit all that out and give us the report. And that was my last semester. That's where all I did. So, are we on record here? Yeah. So, okay. oh, we are. Okay. Yeah. Right. yeah I, was just, I wasn't sure if the conversation <laughs> I, began again. I wasn't sure. <laughs> that's that's cool. So, I mean, did you did you find value in that form of education in that mode? Yes, hundred percent. So, I don't know how you guys teach your class, but um, everything I did, a lot of what I did was so one each semester I had to spend one week in Detroit. Okay. And then the rest of the time was all in a virtual classroom oh. online. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we would spend the first two weeks. Usually it was like week three or four is when we would go to Detroit. And they would everyone would fly into Michigan. Mm -hmm. And we would all do what we had to do in a classroom setting. The stuff that was more advantageous to doing in the classroom versus not in an online setting. So we would do that and then. Poof, everybody would go back to their homes and then mm -hmm. next semester. And then we were all together. We started, there was 14 of us. We graduated with 11. 
So we had three dropouts in the course of the two and a half years. Right. So, um, and of course, that's who I'm going to meet this week. We haven't seen each other in two years. Well, oh, okay. oh that's cool. Some of us have, because like the ones that live in Michigan, we see each other. So right. you know, we're like, hey, I'm down in Detroit. Let's meet up. So cool. But um, there was people from all the box of dealerships. There was people that. Um, so of course, GM structured really funny. And uh, only people that know that probably work for GM. But there's headquarters. There's people in the field, and then there's dealerships, and they're all like very separate silos mm-hmm. of the GM world. So what was interesting about this program I was in is they purposely took people from different silos. So that way, because a lot of times if you're in headquarters, you just only know headquarters. And if you go to work at the dealership, you only know dealership. And if you are out in the field, you only know the field. So they purposely grabbed all these people and forced them all together. And there was a lot of arguing in the first semester and a lot of, well, you work for the bad company. You know, you work at headquarters, so you're a bad guy. And, and then there was a lot of, well, you work at the dealership, you're just lazy. There was a lot of that in the first semester and then of course now we all like each other but so so our program really comes out of that idea that that people can't always work together yeah and they need to be taught and it's hard for adults to to do that and Mm -hmm. what we're finding is that our kids are ready academically for college but they're missing some of the soft skills that they need to work in a team yeah and so as as john's talked about dr um van wagner brought in the idea of project-based learning and we're following the new tech network model and with that comes a bunch of training that, that we and our other teachers have gone through mm-hmm. that sounds really similar to the experience you're talking about mm-hmm. because we've worked with other schools. Um, there are protocols that we follow that help our students to work together. And even as um, teachers, when we structure our projects, one of the things we're looking at is ensuring that our kids strengths are matched with other kids weaknesses Mm -hmm. to ensure that together they can come up with a product um and so everything that you just described is very similar to how we 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 do things our twist is a little different because obviously they're ninth graders yes Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it's creative writing and speech and science so northwood does this thing before you graduate they call it simulation week and what you do is you spend two months in the summer studying for one week and then they take everybody. So if you're, a, let's say, you're a doctor mm-hmm. and you want to become a doctor in Northwood in medical field, you have to go through simulation. Let's say you're an engineer. You have to go through simulation. So they parachute everybody for one week in July, no matter your background. If you're going to be a graduate degree in Northwood, you go through this program and they put you all in to this, it's this matrix. Mm. And you all, and what, since Northwood is a business school, you all have a business and you all sell something. And your whole thing is, is you have somebody that only knows medical. You have a nursing student. You have a business major. You have all these different people. You and It's a competition. You have a one-way competition. And the leader, you know, there's a winner and there are 12 losers. And it is <laughs> cutthroat. And it was, it's the most miserable experience I've ever been. But essentially what they did is they took your weakness because they spent two years knowing you. And they put you right smack dab in your in your weakest, most uncomfortable comfort zone, and then it, it's just made them. It's just you're supposed to crumble. That's what it is. So it's crazy. Hmm. So listen to you now and talk about it that. Sounds a little bit like boot camp. Where we're gonna yeah. tear you down. Yes, yeah. that's exactly. Right. What, that's a great way of yeah. describing it. So I really suck at finance. 
like, you know, 30 year base money cash flow projections and all that kind of stuff and using Excel and the perfect formula. I mean, Brad, when I was in that whole area of time, I was always constantly like, do you have any idea what to do with this formula? Because this thing's stupid, you know, and um, it's just not my strength. Of course, what was I in finance? So I was in the finance department with this mm-hmm, company. Right. And I had to make all these long term projections and cash flows and everything. And I was like, I should have said, I sucked at selling or something like that because then that would have there's no growth there, right? As you guys right, have just right, talked right, about. Right. So the so the teams that we formed right now we're trying to complement students. And then down the road, toward the end of the year, what we'll do is exactly what you're describing. We'll take kids, figure out where their weak area is and put them in a leadership role and you know, or or if not a leadership role, sometimes we'll let the students determine that on their own, but but we'll challenge them to push and, and grow in those areas. And one of the things that I think is important to add is that not only are we teaching the soft skills, but we're assessing them. Mm-hmm. So your grade in our project-based learning class, um, traditionally, you would, what would the category would be knowledge and thinking. You know, um, that, that's what we call it. But, you know, your grade would be based on your academic achievement. Now, your academic achievement or knowledge and thinking is 60% of your grade and the other 40% are these soft skills that we're targeting, including agency, like do you have good work ethic and you mm-hmm. know, can you can you meet deadlines, things of that nature, collaboration, we're assessing those things. Uh, oral communication, can you, you know, present yourself well? Can you send it in terms of written communication? Can you send a business email and, and, and you know, lay out a problem in a concise manner that people can understand on the other end? things of that nature. And we're actually assessing those skills as part of our class. That's awesome. So at what point did this whole program start? So, um, (laughs) well, John, as he said, got on board to begin with. Um, And then they had a team of other teachers that were teaching English history and they weren't sure what to do with John's other side of it. And so (laughs) he showed up at my classroom, (laughs) begged me um, to, to help him. And I think I said no the first time, and then he came back. That's the way I remember it. <laughs> and I, then I started to think about it. Um, change is always hard for yes. everyone. And so mm-hmm. when he first presented it, I had just come back from being a principal, and I liked my four walls, and I didn't want to change. Um, but I'd heard great things about his class, and I started to research what uh, project-based learning was, and I started to find the value in it. And so um, when I pitched the idea that we could take creative writing and speech and infuse it and kind of make a science communication course. And essentially that's what we've done. Mm-hmm. Um, he was like, whoa, yeah, I think we can, we can manage that. So, um, so why don't you, for the people that I kind of swept in and gave my own experience mm-hmm. with it, why don't, let's define what project-based learning really is. Though at least what you guys do. Mm-hmm. I'm going to let you, do you want to do that? And then I'll jump in. Is sure. that okay? Absolutely. So what we've done is, um, obviously we have to meet standards. So we both have standards for our class and we sit down and look at those. But what we do is we look at our standards and see how they can fit into real world problems, real world issues. And we call that a driving question. So we, we looked at our resources here and because of Shipwreck Alley, he had partnered with NIPA. Mm-hmm. And so our first project is about um, the value of the National Marine Sanctuary and what it's brought to Alpena. But also the real world issue is that other sanctuaries are looking at being built around Michigan. There's a proposal in Wisconsin that's been brewing for the last two years. And there's a new proposal in um, Lake Ontario in New York. And so the real world issue is to have our students understand the value of the sanctuary in Alpena and then make a recommendation 
to people, we call them stakeholders, in Wisconsin, New York, about what is done to this community. And so our kids get instant buy-in because, you know, they've grown up with the sanctuary, as you mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. You know, we all watched it evolve and watched this town evolve. So with that, you know, John teaches a lot of the science components of it. I teach the English components. They do writing. They do public speaking. And part of what brought us to you is that we were constantly changing our projects. And last year we had our kids just do speeches, mm-hmm. you know, stand up in front of class and give the speech. This year we're trying to apply it in a different mode. And so um, we're giving them choice so they can do a video and they can do a podcast. And so our goal is that we create something or they create something that actually will be picked up by NOAA, will be shown in these communities or heard in these communities so that, you know, what's happened in Alpena can actually have an effect someplace else. So we're calling the project Say No to NOAA because you might remember in the late 90s, there were people that had pins say no to NOAA. They didn't want NOAA to come mm-hmm. to the community. They didn't want the extra layer of federal regulation, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the concerned about size of government and control of taxes and all these, all these government concerns. What's interesting is that Wisconsin has gone through the same struggle. So uh, when Trump was elected, uh, he started looking at uh, federal land, but also protected marine areas and saying, "Do we can we shrink the size of some of these sanctuaries? Uh, you know, is, is this a regula- regulatory burden that we need to reduce? Uh, and so Governor Scott Walker pulled the nomination uh, for a Lake Michigan sanctuary. They would have been the second. Uh, we're the only freshwater marine sanctuary. They would have been the second. Um, Governor Scott Walker supported it initially, and then he, he withdrew the support. I don't think it was all related to Trump. I think there was also a grassroots movement from particularly property owners who were concerned about repairing rights and were afraid that no one was going to tell them what to do with their property. Um, so in, in any case, this this group in Wisconsin said, we don't, we don't want a sanctuary. The governor pulled, pulled the nomination, and now they're in limbo. So it is a real-world problem. Mm-hmm. What do you tell the people in Wisconsin? Should you be afraid of NOAA? Or it, it, what, What's interesting is that if we go all the way back to the beginning of this conversation, you said I arrived at – you referred to it as a turning point, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, NOAA helped help this community. And so the question is, you know, this is a real-world problem. What should the people in Wisconsin do? The students get to come up with the answer to that or the solution – and, and then they get to create a, a product that might move the needle on a real conversation that's being had in Wisconsin. So real world problems, real world solutions that are student driven. That's crazy. Because the only thing I remember about English in high school was Scarlet Letter. So like, I feel like we're so far removed from that. Don't you feel that way, Brad, or no? No, because I don't, I don't think I ever read Scarlet Letter. What did you, what do you remember about English in high school? It was just... Honestly, not much. <laughs> so you kind of remember it. Writing papers? Yes. Yeah. You might remember if you did a project like this when you were in high school. Might come back I to might you. Have. Yeah. I mean, I did, I had one class in college that was project based. And mm-hmm. I'm not the most talkative person, so it wasn't the best thing for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm a hands on person, but I'm just. Not the best in group settings, yeah. mm-hmm. but I liked it. Yeah. I mean, so it, it is different. I use the analogy at the start, um, and I don't know if everybody likes this, but this is the one I use. Like, school's a prison. Did you like school when you were in school? Yes. That's cool, man. Yes. Did you like school, Brad? I love school. I still do school now. If I could go back and figure out a way to go back to school, I would. I'm a teacher. Yeah. 
teach at the Northwood branch here in town sure. cool. because I kind of qualify for a lot of the things that I'm looking for. So um, we'll see how that happens. I got to finish that up. But anyways, <laughs> it's funny though. But other than that, I could, I tip my cap to what you guys do. It's I coach sports occasionally mm-hmm. and all I needed to do was spend one hour with my buddy's soccer team today to be reminded why I could teach kids because these kids weren't listening to me. And all I wanted to do was just slap each other with a lot of them. And I was just like, are you, if you're not going to listen, why are you even here? Like, that's what I wanted to say. Just like, yeah. Well, we try to create some ownership with our kids. So yeah. today we turn things on the head a little bit. We, we've done a lot of like laying the groundwork mm-hmm. on skills and on content. And so they are aware of the project. They've met some benchmarks on the project. But now, um, today, we basically are starting the final product. And our kids actually have to, um, they had to put together a proposal of what they want to do. And they had never done that before. So we had given them all the information. So then they need to decide and craft it. And then tomorrow they will sit down with us and they will pitch their proposal, like a mm-hmm. business proposal, but instead yeah. for this project. Mm-hmm. And we give them suggestions. And so then they go back and they'll craft it. And then eventually their final product will come out. And so one of the beliefs of this is that really work is never done, that we're constantly moving the needle and pushing kids to get better and better. And the idea is that, yeah, we have readings we assign and homework we assign, but really kids, in order to really master it, they need to go to the next level and kind of take it off on their own and research things for themselves and really dive in. And we're not experts. And we made some mistakes last year. Mm -hmm. But the one thing that we agree on solidly is that our students, our 14-year-old, 15-year-old, by the end of freshman year, students that went through our project-based learning program this past year outperformed students that we've worked with previously. They just, they had more skills. They were more confident speaking their, their writing, you know, was, I mean, I'm not going to say every single student mastered writing, but they they understood the fundamentals. We need a hook. We're going to draw people in and then we're going to lay out some facts and we're going to, you know, I mean, so we saw growth and, mm-hmm. and we saw, you know, students taking the initiative um, ownership in, in various projects so it, it was fun. And we know that, you know, with this project, <clears throat> we're going to pass the best the best products that we create will be passed on to Ellen Brody, who works down in Ann Arbor and is in charge of the Great Lakes region. And when another community has this fight, she might pull that podcast or video that these students create. She might pull that out and say, here, look, what, look at these students. They produce something. And this is what happened in Alpena. And this is why they appreciate their, their National Marine Sanctuary. I think it's. Amazing what you're doing. And we have a friend that also works with Nami Galisi. So obviously that's a lot younger, seems like a little bit younger. We we work with them as well. So that's awesome. So yes, I I, I figured you had to with the listening Mm -hmm. where you had, you know, what you're talking about. But um, it's just uh, to have kids, to teach kids the value of natural resources or the ownership of community and how that works within your education and then even in your life as an adult I just think it's invaluable and I just um I don't remember that like I just don't I remember dissecting frogs in science and mm-hmm. I remember trips to the planetarium which I'm mm-hmm. sure you but I don't certainly remember saying hey you know um we needed to really sit down and appreciate appreciate being able to 
have the frogs that we have in, you know, or the habitats we have. So, right. So, and, and I mean, we do, we do a variety of projects. That's just the first project, right. but you know, some of the, some of the cool things that students walk away with, I, I think they get exposed to scientists and, and I mean, we have guest speakers, you know, they have to talk to professionals. They're going to, they're going to put together, some of our students will put together a podcast and we're not expecting the students to be on the mic the whole time. They're going to interview professionals right. and bring that back. And, you know, so they're learning from, you take us out of it. We said at the beginning that you know, we're not necessarily teachers or educators, we're facilitators. We just, we set up the criteria and we give you the, the little, you know, nuggets to get you started. And you need to go out and mine for gold and, you know, come up with the good stuff on your own mm-hmm. and we'll help you find your way. I always the key. And when you have those moments, you can't wait to share them. So I can imagine that's got to be very fulfilling on your end when a kid gets, I know like, I mean, it sounds, it's not the same, but I hit the snot out of my YouTube clip oh, intro this week. I was so <laughs> flipping happy with it. And the previous week beforehand was terrible. I hated the whole thing. And we talked about, we talked about it. Yeah. And I just wanted to just put the whole thing ahead to the delete button. Mm-hmm. And then this week I was adamant. We were not going to have, we were going to learn a lesson from last week because right. it was. And I was just so satisfied with that opening sequence that I couldn't wait to share it with someone. I sent it to my one buddy right away. I was like, dude, so much better this week than last week. And he was like, all right, just leave me alone. I'm trying to work here. But um, well, And when you say that, I think it's some of our kids from last year. When we looked at their speaking skills, we had kids the first week, um, or the first speech, that literally were breaking down, hyperventilating, not able to complete their speech. And by the very, very end, they literally were on the stage at Elkina High School on a red round rug giving a TED talk yeah, and really performing at a level that was so impressive. Yeah. So yeah, there were times that we were just in awe of, yeah. of what our students were able to, to do. And we're looking forward to the same thing this year. And failure taught you something, right? So, sure. yeah, I mean, I think that's mm-hmm. important. So, I, so fail, I saw this acronym, uh, first attempt in learning. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, so obviously you give these kids a real world experience. And if they don't perform at, I mean, it's not just a real world problem and a real world solution, but it's a real world audience. And that raises the stakes Mm -hmm. and you give them that opportunity to fail. And then they, okay, I don't want that to happen again. And they, that's what really increases the level of, uh, I I would say like it ups the stakes and the students, the students perform at a higher level as a result. And there's some legitimacy there with the whole process where, they also know that what they're learning just isn't for a school project that you might not ever touch again ever mm-hmm. in your life. That some of the stuff, you know, even even the knowing that you might need it down the road from another class. Mm-hmm. But right. obviously, a lot of the stuff I think it sounds like you can learn is all done in our, in our current environment. That's what I think it's fascinating to me about the podcast is uh, it's so now. Versus you could be doing a textbook and writing a report and just, mm-hmm. here we go. But and I'm sure in another 10 years, it could change, right? Could oh, absolutely. Well, and I think I mentioned it earlier, last year, our students for this first project gave a speech. Mm-hmm. And so we wanted to freshen it up. And mm-hmm. so today, when they were writing their pitch, they had to make a decision. They could do the speech. They could do a video. They could do a podcast. And truthfully, most students that I talk to want to do the podcast because it's new. And they don't know anything about it. And they want to stretch their learning. Mm-hmm. You know, they've had experience with the others. Now they want something new. Yeah. So I'm glad. I mean, as we said, when we met you last week, 
this is new for us too. Right. We're, we're learning right along with the kids and we we're pretty honest with them, telling them that some of these are new things for us as teachers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And being vulnerable like that, I think seeing at least as, I mean, it's 14 year old kids we're talking about obviously, but being able to say, Hey, I'm going to make a mistake in this. It's going to be okay. You're going to make a mistake, mm -hmm. but we're going to pick it ourselves and dust ourselves back up and mm -hmm. get back in the car and drive down the road. So mm -hmm. awesome. So with that being said, uh, such great segment. We're totally going to flip it on its head and then do a top five now that probably isn't so great. Nah, let's do it anyway. <laughs> <No>. yeah. <laughs> so we're going to take a break. We'll come back and then we'll get ready for our top five. All right. All right. Now we're going to move on to our top five. And our top five this week are our top five excuses for not having our homework done. Uh oh, I have some detentions in my back pocket if I have to hand out. <laughs> you guys did your homework. So. I'm going to tell you this right now. I have done this in a really weird way, and we'll talk about it as we go along. So okay. I have like four top ones. So what I did is I have my elementary, my number one elementary school, school oh, excuse, through the years. my number one high school excuse, my number one undergrad, and my number one graduate excuse. Oh, so you nice. made it personal. And then ah. This is all. Well, yeah, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to give you the reasons that I did the term homework in. And their excuse, I mean, I'm not saying that they're, Good or bad, you can. I'm, and I'm going to do a little venting in there because, like, some of it, you're going to be like, "Wow, that's not right," but that's it, just what it was. So. We've probably heard these all. I'm sure you have. <laughs> I'm sure you experienced some of them too, because uh, the yeah. one that, yeah, you'll, but that'll be fun. So yeah. All right. Well, I never use any excuse because I did my homework. Ooh, <laughs> I love you. <laughs> All right, and my number five is going to be, I forgot it in my locker slash desk. Do you have any honorable mentions first? Uh, I have a couple, but All right, fair enough. I'll get through my five and then, yeah, because <laughs> I didn't really label them. So. All right, so I forgot it in my locker slash desk. Who's next? You guys can go. All right. Uh, I mean, it, it goes without saying, my printer ran out of ink. Oh, that is really good. <laughs> that's, that's a really five. good. That's I can totally see that as an excuse. That is that should be number one because I get that one more than any other excuse. My my printer ran out of ink, but I put it as number five because I think it's lame. I, mean, I know you're. I know you're lying at that point. Probably chances are good you're lying. <laughs> So I took mine from the perspective of our students. Yes. In fact, we asked our students. So some of these might reflect students, but the one I hear um, most often is, what homework? <laughs> what? Yes. You didn't assign anything, even like though it. it's written right there <laughs> on the board in the same place every day. What homework? Is this Spanish? There was That's no homework last amazing night. too. I like that. What homework? Ooh. I never even thought of that. So my number five excuse for homework was, so this is elementary level, is I would just say I was sick. I was sick. I was sick. The sick card. I just went the sick card. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I didn't have a dog growing up, so I couldn't play like my dog ate my work. That's my number four, is it? My dog ate it. <laughs> Your dog ate it. I never had a dog either, so I could never use it. <laughs> my number four was, what well, homework? But uh, since you already took that one, I'm going to go. I was doing uh, Mr. Stappa's AP Euro homework, and uh, so I didn't have time for yours. <laughs> Nice. Oh, ooh. Another class more important. 
that you, that's a real that's a real thing. It I've is heard a real thing. Absolutely. So how do you feel when it's, a student tells you essentially that your class is not as important as my other class? I mean, it's stock was AP Euro. I'm not going to argue that point. I'm not going to argue that point. <laughs> wow. He's a legend. <laughs> yeah. I guess. Yeah. Legend. Wait for it. We got it. Yeah. Legendary. Mm-hmm. I like it. Bernie Stinson. Yeah. Legendary. So my number four is signs of the times. Um, kids say that the computer didn't save it. Ooh. Computer didn't save it. We love mm-hmm. Chrome, though. We love Google because it should save it. It doesn't always. There's the excuse. That's intense. It is. I'll do excuses because, like, well, mine's kind of. My grad excuse me, which we'll get there in a minute. But uh, so high school for me, it was like I was working. So mm. I started working relatively as soon as I possibly could, and then I just would work, and then I was so busy. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I had a joke. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, mine is kind of old school, but my pencil broke, and I couldn't find another one. <laughs> Nowhere in the entire house could I find a writing instrument. I thought about slicing my finger and doing it in blood, blood but, but then yeah. I thought about bloodborne pathogens and we can't do that in school anymore. So, yeah, that would work. Nice. So, uh, you're not going to believe this, but my next one was I had it done, but Google didn't say it. It's so oh, weird. Yeah. Saint John. So, that's so amazing. Sometimes but we didn't share our list. I'll all. go with the backup. Um, I've also heard quite often um, I had to work late that's... or I was I was away for a sporting event. And, I mean, when you go to Marquette, that's kind of legit. But do it on the bus, kids. Do it on the bus. Well, you have – it's a six-hour bus ride. <laughs> <laughs> so – and when you get the one way. So, technically, it's a 12-hour bus ride. <laughs> that's 12 exactly. man hours. You really couldn't get it done. Yeah, so, yeah. And we have Wi-Fi on the buses now. So. Yeah, right. That's going to be my number two. I've had it there right now. <laughs> no excuses, as Phil Bright would say. Yeah. No excuses. So my next one, I actually took off the internet, but I thought it was good. So it's this. I was so sick, I didn't do my homework because I didn't want to spread germs on the paper that's to you. That's amazing. <laughs> I saw it. That's a playoff. My number That's a playoff number five, but it's actually... I'm empathizing in this situation. I'm worried about you. I flipped it. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> it's amazing. Oh, you're going to love my next one then. So, yeah. So, my, so this would be my undergrad one, but you have to go at the time. At the time when I was doing undergrad, I was just starting back to school, and the internet wasn't everywhere. Like, so, like, not every, you know, there was not, so as I just didn't have an internet connection because a lot of the classes I did were online or my internet was down or whatever. Mm-hmm. Which has happened very before. Yeah. All right. So, number two. Number two. All right. My grandma slash grandpa slash family member died or was sick. That's, you know, I'm not going to argue with that student. No. You can you can turn it in. It take the whole week off. It's so fine. It's fine. Death. Okay. <laughs> use that. Ooh, I guess. I don't know. Well, I mean, I guess it could be a legitimate. I thought we were excuse. lying. Yeah, I mean, that's what I thought. I was just like, man, people use. That's really intense. That's, I mean, if you go to that link. One you can't really use a whole lot. Yeah. If you pull out the death card, I'm going to let you pass. I mean, I probably should be careful saying that on the record, but when you pull out the death card, I'm going to let it. That's going to be an excuse. It's just interesting that it's an excuse that you possibly be like, 
not have exactly. Uh, yeah. Anyways, we're moving on. Okay. Number two. Track or yeah. Number two. I couldn't do my homework because I was at a rally for higher teacher pay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, has anyone ever told you that? No, I mean, oh, I pulled that one off the internet. I but that is good. For fun. I saw yeah, that one. That was, yeah. <laughs> we, we do the same research, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, we did, with, it was in the 30s, 20s, our podcast with Justin where we did a dad jokes. Yeah. So we had a top five dad joke one, and there was a lot of the same pool we were pulling from, mm-hmm. as you can imagine. So I love dad jokes. So um, this next one goes to our kids this year. It seems like every year we have something that we say over and over in class that becomes a joke. So this year's is aliens took it because we talk about aliens this year. Everybody got together and probably take on Area 51. Well, it just becomes yeah. the It's the theme. It's, it's a theme. Just, it's yeah. modern times, right. The Area yeah. 51 thing is going on and right. yeah, aliens are on everybody's mind. Plus, you know, I mean, you know, what causes all these shipwrecks, right? Curse of Thunder Bay, yeah. you know, is it some weird magnetic anomalies? There's, you know, mm-hmm. it's definitely aliens. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. What's your number two? Number two, so this actually the only time I really had a whole bunch of homework missed is we have lazy teachers in my graduate program and they would cut and paste their syllabus. So 16 weeks to 16 weeks, and what would often happen is you would have a class from fall that you would take spring, and you would look and they would go, Well, just follow the syllabus. So you would follow the syllabus and it would say, and now it's January, January. And it would say, do September, first week in September. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, that's valid. <laughs> and everybody, this was a problem in the class, and we addressed it to the instructor. And I was always the guy that always was the first through the, the through, through, uh, first through the wall. I was always the one like, I'll email the instructor. I'll mm-hmm. okay. Hey, I just want to let you know your syllabus is off by a week. I think from what you're expecting us to do. Oh no, no, it's right, it's right. And I'm like, so then you'd scan it, you know, I'd send to him, look, I mean, I'm just letting you know, like, it's January and it's saying September here. Now I'm not judging you week one is week one, but you want us to be on chapter like microeconomics and microeconomics and syllabus is week two. I just we don't know what's going on here. Cause everyone just studied intro. Like we're all on intro week one. And you're talking week two, and we all just don't know what's going on because it's all virtual, remember? So mm-hmm. it's like, right. it's all done by email. And we're like, you know, and then it was just it was a hot mess. <laughs> Fun fact there's a listener that listens to our podcast that can empathize with that because it's happening to him right now. And he called me, complained, and I was like, I know what that's exactly like. Exactly like. It is not fun. But, anyways. All right. My number one is. You didn't teach us this stuff. <laughs> I have two honorable mentions, and that's one of them right there. Oh uh, that came from my son. Yeah, you didn't, you didn't teach me this. I can't do that. Also, the yeah, well, I'm, I'm off task. My number one. This is a true story, and it's not. I mean, it's just a sign of the times. And, you know, Tom Berryman was on last week and he talked about how, you know, teachers have to be counselors too. So here it is. Um, I was kicked out of my house. I'm living with my girlfriend. It's in her car, but we broke up. <laughs> I, can't, I can't get to it. Okay. They went over 
him like over right. the river through the woods just to get to that excuse. That's intense. Dude, you're having a bad day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think we can work through this. <laughs> we'll help you out. I think so. Do you have a place to live? Let's start with that. Nice. So, yeah. Well, my number one, I actually combined two because yeah. I've heard them a lot. So the dog ate my homework, but it's really become now my house has no Wi-Fi. So yeah. kind of like that's the new my dog ate my homework. It is. Yeah. That yeah. is true. Internet connection. I told you. Mm-hmm. Oh, like yeah. that really was going to be the downfall of society. Yeah. So my number one excuse, you can use it. I've thought about it. I can use it for your class, especially because I've been in this type of environment, like you said, and I can use it all through my entire life. And that is, it's not my fault. It's someone else's fault. It's who you've paired me with. This person is incompetent. I am having to carry Garrett's ass. So I don't know if Garrett listens, but I promise that Garrett does listen to this. And anyone who my friends that listen, I carried Garrett through grad school on my back and got him to the finish line. We joked that when he walked around across the stage, I was going to cry like he was my child. Because I was so proud of him. Sometimes it feels that way, right? I'm working harder than you. You've got to give something. So, yeah. So it's not me, it's them. Or I've made it the teacher's fault for pairing me with someone so bad. One more honorable mention. You didn't give good directions. I was unclear on that, which meets your theme of the syllabus. The syllabus is all wrong. Yes. I think there was a lot of the same... Type of excuses that just been worded mm-hmm. yeah. differently. Yeah. yeah, I'm a little jealous. Your uh, one of your honorable mentions last week was uh, Pearl Jam's Ten. Uh, we should have done favorite albums. That would have been cool. But uh, but mine would have been five Pearl Jam albums. Would have been my top five. Ten albums. probably is number one. Uh, ten clocked in at uh, it would have been Vitalogy at number five. Ten oh. at number four. Verse at number three. The end of the Wild soundtrack, which is technically yeah. not a Pearl Jam album, and then Yield number one. Interesting. Yeah. Vitality is great. It's a great album. But I was happy to see you were a Pearl Jam fan. More of the age demographic that I am in, and Shelly is in, it just felt like that Pearl Jam 10 album, you're just kind of stuck with it. Mm -hmm. Whether you even don't like it, you have no choice. It was part of your life. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. It's kind of how I feel about Detroit Red Wings when they won that first Stanley Cup in the early nineties. Like even if you weren't a Red Wings fan, you were forced by the, if you were to live in Michigan, you are now just you're a Red Wings fan. You like Steve Eiserman? That's right. Life, well, yeah, absolutely. We had it good yeah. growing up in that era. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that was our top five. Yes. Any surprises, Brad? No. Did you use any of your Excuses. I didn't use excuses because I did my homework. You're a better student than I am. <laughs> I didn't want to do it, but I did it. I mean, it is worth noting that I often completed my homework as well. It was just always an asterisk. Like, I'm sorry if this wasn't my best work. I blah, 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 blah. <laughs> right. So, did you turn in all your homework? Um, you know what? I was social, and uh, that came first, and I did my homework. So okay, it was always cool. second. I had yeah. rough years. I, I had some really rough years from fourth grade through like eighth grade. I was like a DF student at times. And then I like my parents basically told me, you're not leaving the house 
until your grades improve. And you're not talking on the phone and you're not watching TV. And that's really hard on your social life in those middle school years. So, yeah. Yeah. I ended up uh, I ended up improving quite a bit. <laughs> awesome. But I had to use some excuses. It's a tough game. Well, we'll come back and wrap it up. All right. All right. Yep. So, thank you for coming on, John Shelley. What are you guys doing this weekend? Um, you go first. Well, my hubby's on call, so it'll be a nice, quiet. Oh, I just, I just jinxed it. I should never say <laughs> quiet ever. <laughs> That's amazing. Yep. Oops. So, um, you know what? No big plans. Truthfully, we have a stack of papers to grade, so. I'm assuming I'm going to spend some time doing that. My wife is the keeper of the calendar, so I was like, oh, man, I don't have a clue what I'm doing. She'll tell me what I'm doing. But uh, I remembered. Um, so my son Connor plays in the band, but he's also in tennis. So after halftime, oh. as soon as he's done on the field, we're in the car headed to Midland because he's got a tennis tournament downstate. So it's that's homecoming. The yes, it's homecoming. Yeah. It's homecoming. homecoming. Yep. So parade, football, not so yeah, I plan. Yeah. yeah. I know Thursday, Allison is – Judging the doors. <gasps> cool. And then I know one of the judges. Yeah. yeah. Well, and Mendox, the other one. I don't know if I'm supposed to say that. Yeah. yeah her we Mendox. know both of the judges. Yeah, yeah, both of the judges. Paige I don't know. Or Jeff? Jeffrey. Okay. So I don't know if I'm supposed to say that or not, but nothing wrong with it. Case of Scotch headed to It's actually your house. good that it's independent, you know, uh, judges yeah. because it's like big business there. Oh, I mean, it's very serious. serious. Yeah. Very serious, and I'm the advisor for the juniors. <laughs> I, well, I can tell you how you can win. <laughs> it's real easy. That's what I want. Just to go to work for AACU. Someone that needs to, whoever <laughs> is juniors working for it too. Whoever's working for the credit union, Allison mm-hmm. automatically just pick it because she really needs someone. The problem is, we uh, we talked a little bit about Tom. So anyone that's really good, already is it's busy. It's already maxed out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. So that's what. That's the problem. So, Riley, what are you doing this weekend? Oh. Saturday is Zachary's last football game, so I'm going to that. Other than that, I don't know. In my house. I kind of led you down the wrong path. It is now supposed to be nice this week. Mm-hmm. You could have mowed your lawn any day this week. Well, it needed to be done yeah. this weekend, this past weekend. I agree. I thought your lawn looked good. I walked out. Yeah. Well, so I cut it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so here's what it was. Is I knew there was a surprise coming. So I had a surprise last Saturday, and I didn't know what it was. And Alice kept it as a secret. Brad was in on it, of course. And I know this now, but everybody was. Yeah, heard everybody was. You're right. Everybody was in on it. But um, it's rained all last week, and I'm a lawn Nazi. I always like to mow my lawn, and mm-hmm. it drove me crazy. I couldn't mow my lawn, and then of course we're going on vacation. It's coming this week. Right. So I was like, man, I gotta get my lawn mowed. And mm-hmm. then the minute Saturday got nice, I stopped thinking about I, I almost was gonna say, is there any way we can get out not doing this? This thing <laughs> because it's supposed to be nice and I really want to mow my lawn. And she knows that's how I am. Like, man, this is the only time we're gonna mow. And the minute we got there, I found out it was a surprise party for me. I was like, yes, I would really get out of here early and go mow my lawn. That was the very first thing I thought of. <laughs> and then I literally got out and I sent a picture to my one. I was like, so how do you feel? And I sent a picture of my lawnmower because I was on my I was with my lawnmower. I was like, I'm feeling really happy right now because I'm mowing my lawn. <laughs> Stress is gone. I'm mowing my lawn. I like it. <clears throat> well, yeah, so 
Um, I'll be giving my mind. You know, I've, I've mowed lots, lots of people's lawns because that's just something that I have. You know, some people, Brad likes to run, and I uh-huh. used to like to run, but I find mowing grass and shoveling snow a very super satisfying relaxing thing. I, I agree. So, I mean, for me, it's uh, I have a lot of trees, and I have a fairly large lawn, and so Sunday will probably be about, you know, maintaining the lawn and starting to pick up leaves since that time. Yeah. So, yeah. I believe this is the last time I'll have to mow my lawn. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I would agree. Yeah, so, it's getting cold. Yep. So it felt good to know that, like, hey, this is probably it. And I took my time while I was doing it and made sure we whacked everywhere really good. And just was, like, really cool about it. There we go. Um, so on the fence right now, Dolly Parton's going to be back at the Grand Ole Opry. I guess this is a big deal. As a person that's really ignorant to the country music world, I didn't realize it was such a big deal. Having been to the Grand Ole Opry... And I'm not a country music fan. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Yeah. It really is. If you're going to see her, go see her. I'm there for Dolly. Let's do yeah. it. Well, no, I, my understanding is Dolly has been there like 15 years. Sure. This is her first time back 15 years, and it's this weekend, the weekend we're going there. Oh, I go see And, like, everybody's like, oh, my God. You go, well, we were going to tour it, but everyone's like, no, you have to go there. Like, she's going to be there. This is a once-in-a-lifetime, like, you need to do this. Oh, and I, I looked at the tickets. They started Five hundred flipping dollars, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh, I'm not going to do that." I'm like, "You need to know." I mean, you people need to. You know who I am. I'm not going to spend five hundred dollars to see Dolly Parton when I can watch it on YouTube the next day. Yeah. So, like, um, yeah. But, so just tour it. Yeah, we should tour it. Yeah. So, yeah, we're heading to Nashville, and then, um, yeah. So you were part of the Hoboid gang. It was. So you there was a whole secret text message group. Yes, but I was probably got added to it. I didn't read it. I told Allison, she goes, do you want to read it? I'm like, no, I don't have any inclination really to read it because it was your guys' thing, and I think it's cool. I don't need it. Oh, it's worth the read. Okay. <laughs> Allison said, the minute you guys started <laughs> putting nicknames on there, that she lost interest because she couldn't tell who was who. And I go, well, read well, me that's the Matt's fault. Yeah, I go, read me the nicknames. And so she read me a nickname, oh, that's this person. And then she goes, and then she gave me the name. Oh, that's that person. She's like, see, this is the problem. You are one of the people that give these people these nicknames, and I don't know who they are necessarily, so I would need you to sort it out for me. And then once she was, I thought for a while, one person was Griffin, and it wasn't Griffin. I was talking to her, like, hey, so-and-so, I'm not going to be there. And it wasn't like, and I was like, I'm sorry. That's when she shucked on the old, and she just lost her zeal for it. That's right. So I was surprised, super surprised. I panicked. You can watch the video. I walked in there, and the very first thing is when I walked into the room, and everyone went surprised. I thought I forgot something. Like, so I, and you can see if you watch the video, you can see me. I'm in my head working out. Like, okay, is this our anniversary? No, we got married in July. Okay, first okay, thing. Good. Next, is this my wife's birthday? No, oh, she's her birthday is in June. And then I was like, okay, my kids are here, which is really weird. So, like, man, they're they're all in the winter, okay? So then, and I'm like, man, Allison's parents are here? God dang, I'm like, her parents are here, my kids are here? Is this a holiday? So then I'm like, no, there's no holiday right now. And then finally, as I'm still processing it, Rose comes up to me and goes, oh, we're here to honor you. And I was like. Oh, thank God. And then you get the nice smile. And I didn't, I didn't she, miss something. She, and then you can see I got this, this big smile comes over my face because, like, oh, my God, I didn't forget anything. This is so great. Like, I should have looked behind you. Like, who are they saying surprise to you? Yeah. I was, I was literally just like, you can see it. I literally have no idea what's going on, right, until she comes like, we're 
here for you. And I was like, oh, thank God. Like, yeah, I did not screw up. So, yeah. That's cool. It was. I would have never thought it, and I still feel kind of embarrassed by the whole thing. But I guess that's kind of why everyone said that I should get it. Because, like, it's one of those things that, you know. Maybe Jurassic Say what? Maybe Jurassic Yes. I know Griffin did it. Well, I think I told you what happened is that I nominated Griff for customer service of the, for the Chamber Award back in April, April or June, you know, early summer. And um, Griffin's like, oh, I nominated you for something too. And I was like, okay, whatever. And every and I was just like, well, he must have, I mean, Griffin buys his cars for me, so I'm sure he probably just nominated for me customer service award too. And I was like, oh, so this is what you did. But the minute I got there, it's like, oh, it's a secret who nominated you. I don't know. Griffin nominated me. I know who would nominate me. And there everybody was like, Griffin, did you just tell him? And I'm like, well, yeah, he told me like six months ago. I'm like, I mean, it's like, and everyone's like, oh my God, Griffin. And then Allison, unbeknownst to me, and it shows you what a lousy husband I am, sent me um, her day planner. Oh, and you didn't see it? On yeah, the and on, on the day, it's a Steve surprise party. And then, like, I, you know. Never even noticed it. I never even noticed it because I don't read half the stuff she sends me. Because told us in the text message. There was like, what are you doing, Allison? Yeah. Well, the, part of the thing is, is I remember when she sent that to me, I said, hey, I got a busy week this week. What are you guys going on? And she sent me the week. And it was this week, this week of vacation. And I go, we're stacking up here. We need to hit the road, blah, blah, blah. What's going on that week? So when she sent me October, I just looked at that Monday through that Friday. Right. I didn't look at the week above or the week below. I just looked at that week, and then I was done with it. I'm moving on. So that's what happened. Yeah, you should read the text message for a little bit. Uh, There's some ridiculous stuff in there. Well, yeah, that's a ridiculous group of people in the best way. So, like, um, but then light, we had. Yes, light. Last Friday was opening. I sold my piece somehow. Person overpaid, but first of all, no. Yes, you're an artist. It's a great shot. Well, yeah, it is. And it. you should be proud that it sold. I am, but I just they overpaid for it. I mean, I don't necessarily think so, but I mean, as a person that's had a price a lot of his own artwork, I felt like I did. Have Price it high enough. Yes. No well, yeah, you could for a fair market value is what you Well, mean. I started it at 75. I was going to pay 75 for this, so I moved it down to 15. And then poof, gone. Yes. And you're like, I should have made it 100. <laughs> I know. <laughs> this was a photo, right? Yes. Uh, uh, sunrise? Mm -hmm. Sunset? I forget what it was. Sunrise. Yeah. It was a meant to be sunrise. <clears throat> I tell the story all the time. He literally was on a run and saw the sunrise. Yep came home here. Now, it's very fair he doesn't live very far from the shore. So right. Got his camera, went back, took the picture, and it was still the same damn way. Yeah. I live very close proximity, just like Brad does to this thing. Cannot tell you how many times I get up in the morning. I have my alarm set for the sunrise. I'm like, oh, it's happening. I need to get out there and yeah. get it. By the time I get everything together, it's over. It's well, you talked about that red sunrise from a few days yeah. ago. Oh, well, yeah, you live really close. Yes, yeah. I know. I yeah. Know. Yeah, beautiful shot. That is a beautiful shot. Way yeah. to go. I don't know how many times where you're just like, hey, I'm going to drive down to Blair Street yeah. and get a picture. And I don't even get past the water park. And I am, it's all over. I'm like, I yeah. just like, just get mad. And then, so, 
I've, I've got a pretty cool shot that I took from my deck when the sky was, uh, I mean, it was sunrising in the east, but the shot is to the west. Mm -hmm. And it's just this, it's on my Twitter profile. It's this pink sky. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. It's just picture. absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. Just managed to catch it. But it was nothing like that, that sunrise that you were describing that you said you, you jumped, you grabbed the camera, yeah. jumped in the car, but you couldn't make it. That, that day was amazing. It was so. It good. was red. I yeah. saw it, yeah. but I didn't. Yeah. I didn't have like. And the only reason I wanted community. to take it was because he was in D.C. and he was. It's normally the time he's up and moving around, and I know he was up and moving around getting ready to go to the tomb. I don't know. It was well, like seven fifteen. I was probably laying in bed. Okay, but I was just gonna <laughs> I was say to you, was like, hey, it's a great sunrise this morning. And, you know, I just want to let you know I was yeah. thinking of you. That's what I was going for. By the time I got it. I was just like, son of a I was just so mad. I hate when that happens. But yeah, it was gorgeous. It'd be quick. So, final thing on the picture thing waters next year. Yes. Are you excited about it? You're going to enter something? I've been thinking. So, I will share with the panelists. I already know what I'm doing for one of them. So, I am going to take a picture of Allison in front of the water park with the water splashing all over the place. And I'm going to order her a shirt that says Flint still has no drinking water. And that's going to be my, going to be my submission in the water. A little activism there. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> so, I have some ideas of what I want to do. I was it's thinking maybe like you in a white t-shirt, wet. No. <laughs> no? No. All right. How about you don't tell me no. You just think about it for a couple of I want to get a picture of the waves crashing yeah. somehow. Uh -huh. I'll, there yeah, do you want to make money? Because, I mean, I think he's on to Like, the white t-shirt. <laughs> no. no. So, like, not say no. I thought about just running my faucet here and taking pictures, you know. That's not a bad idea either. Just do a, <laughs> hold the button down and see if I can yeah, burst the things. Yep. I like it. Or, like, a water drop. Yeah. We'll see. In a white t-shirt. No. <laughs> Think about it. I did. No. Okay. All right. Well, hey, guys. Thanks for coming on. Thanks Thank for having you. us. Thanks for teaching us about podcasting. We appreciate the uh, live demonstration. Yeah, I don't know and, how much. And you know that this will help our students. I mean, you are and not just this year's students, but all the students we have after this. It all started right here. So yeah. thank you for that. Thank you. We would mm -hmm. love to, like, maybe hear some stuff down the road. I was going to ask that. Yeah. So if you're willing to, to listen to some of our kids or give yeah. feedback, we would, we'd love to have somebody else's eye on yeah. what our kids are doing. And Brad and I would even come in if oh. you want. We could do that if you need that help. Brad Absolutely. loves talking for our kids. And then yeah. – um, <laughs> And then finally, you can see it in your eyes. <laughs> yes. And then finally, um, if you maybe find something put together, well, they can we can always have one or two come on with you. Nice. Down the road too. So I don't know. Is this a semester thing? Only semester? Or is it year long? Year long class. Okay. So if you get to the point where you get toward the final push and you got some like one or two really good, and you want to bring them on, you know, in April, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, you don't want to when the school fever is like they're all like crazy. I don't think we, <laughs> they don't get senioritis. They're they're freshmen. Oh, so we'll okay. Be okay. Yeah. So whenever you want, you just let us know. Shoot us a message. We'll have you have mine. Awesome. Love it. That'd yeah. be cool. Thank you. Hey, no problem. All right. Thank you. Well, we're supposed to have empowered learners on this month. It's a month of education. That's what I was thinking. And then we're gonna have Justin in. Let's finish former it out. Teacher. Former teacher, and of course, he's gonna talk about his education. You know, of course. Yeah. So yes. October, apparently, for us is Education Month. Awesome. I like so, how that worked out. Yes. I knew you would, and that's why I was going to share with you. So.
I was thinking about that too. Yeah. <laughs> Education month? All right. See you guys.